Welcome back to Domance Dawn. Hello, sailors. I'm Luke. He, him. Sometimes they, them. And I'm Janine. She, they. And we're back for episode 16 of the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, this is the show where we talk about One Piece episodes and then match the characters to Simpsons characters who had at least a contemporary release. And sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we have... So last show, I referred to it as an American dub. It is technically an English dub. Also, we accidentally reused McGriff the Crime Dog for Chaka. Ah. Because, yeah, I thought that we had gotten my good choice uh, back in that episode, but I, I was uh, keel-hauled into using McGriff the Crime Dog. So at the top of our list, we will need to... <laughs> Relitigate McGriff the Crime Dog. Also, as a side note, thank you to everybody who has left a iTunes review and comment for the show. At least on American iTunes, I saw two of them. Uh, if you've left them on other nationalities of iTunes, uh, let me know. Because I literally just have to go and change the URL to bring those up. And uh, yeah, that kind of takes care of the housekeeping that I had for this week. So let's get into the meat of the show. Janine, are you ready? Sure. So initially, these episodes ran from January 27th to March 10th of 2002. And... Our contemporary Simpsons episodes at this time were Jaws Wired Shut, which is the one where Homer gets his jaws wired shut and he learns to become a better listener. Half Decent Proposal, where Artie Ziff offers a small fortune to try and seduce Marge. The Bart Wants What It Wants, where Rainier, Wolfcastle's daughter, is attracted to Bart, who is not attracted to her, or does not reciprocate the feelings. The Lastest Gun in the West, where Bart helps an old cowboy become popular, and then that cowboy kind of falls apart. And The Old Man and the Key, where Grandpa tries to woo a woman by being able to drive. And that what is famous for being the origin of the Old Man Yells at Cloud meme. Any memories for any of these episodes, Janine? Uh, yes, the music is from Southern Hungary. What? Uh, jaws wired shut. Um, Homer writes down so hungry on his board. Oh. Okay. I I haven't rewatched these. Like these are the points where I kind of like have to push to stick through. Yeah, no, like, Jaws Wired Shut has some good bits for it. It's kind of Jerk Homer at peak Jerk Homer era. But uh, we get a bunch of new characters in these episodes that we can use. There's Ed O'Neill, Soccer Mummy, Autumn Shank, Baron Von Kissalot, Jackington, Wolfgang Puck, 
Melvin Eugene Punemeyer, Robert Frost. Jenny, we could use Robert fucking Frost. We could use Robert. <laughs> the road went into two paths. Frost. Uh, Buck McCoy. Charo. Ray J. Johnson. You can call him Ray, or you can call him Jay. Yakov Smirnov? Janine, in Soviet Russia, we don't really have a good idea of what happened. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, that it's a good it's a good amount. If uh, honestly, it felt a little bit like easy mode. If I wanted to use like this list and more from from these episodes to do what is now being known as uh, Rodrigo style. Yes, Rodrigo has earned a style after getting seven or eight uh, picks in just by going all out there. Which I don't think is necessarily a point against going Rodrigo style. Like, um, just because we have a lot of episodes, or just because we have a lot of characters. I feel, though, the start of the next arc, though, I'll go Rodrigo-style. Ah, uh, that's not going to be for a while, Janine. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Like, we are going to be in Alabasta up until Christmas. And then we have two filler arcs. And then we have the short mini arc that is canon that I am really looking forward to because that's going to be fucking wild. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I realized that with episode 16, I kind of it hit the end of episodes where I had like pre-done all of the work that I do for the show. Beyond like writing up the summaries that I use and it's like, oh, I need to go ahead and do more of these. So I think I've gotten up to episode 23 written up. I Which I think will also be our one-year anniversary of doing the show. Awesome. Wow. Mm -hmm. Definitely going to look forward to whatever that one would be. I cannot predict anything about this anime. But you know what you can do, Janine? What's that? You can join me as we read through the titles of episodes 98 through 104, which we are covering this week. These include, and are you ready? Yep. Here come the desert pirates, the men who live free. Spirit of the fakes, the hearts of the rebel army, Camus, Camus. Rebel warrior Koza. The dream sworn to Vivi. Heat Haze Duel, Ace versus Scorpion Man. Ruins and Lost Ways, Vivi, her friends, and the country's form. At Spider's Cafe, the enemy ringleaders meet at eight o'clock. Luffy versus Vivi, a tearful vow for comrades. And yeah. We uh kind of start off with some filler stuff. One that we, one that I mistakenly said that we were covering last week, but that is not the case. 
Uh, so for those of you who are catching up, why this is a weird episode to just jump back in on. Uh, the Straw Hat crew is currently on their way with Princess Vivi to try and stop a brewing war in Alabasta. Nami and Vivi are riding Eyelash the Camel. They get separated from the others, and Luffy accidentally takes some mescaline and starts going wild, so Chopper has to knock him out, and also Ace gets separated on his own. And Janine, you know what I did. What did you do? I, I took half of an edible, so that's going to be kicking in sometime during the show. Probably, it, I think it's anywhere between like the next six minutes or the next 45 minutes. So we're going to see how that does. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the gang finds out that Nami and Vivi have been captured by the Barbar Sand Pirates. Luffy ends up destroying their ship's mast when he tries to save them, and Barbarossa, the captain, introduces himself. They need to get some new wood for the mast. Luffy volunteers, and Zava and Raza are assigned to join Vivi and Luffy to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Vivi and Luffy head out together because Vivi knows how to use a sand sled, and Rasa decides to antagonize Vivi to test her. Back at the base, bandits attack the pirates along with a giant dung beetle, but nothing really comes out of it. It's just, you know, some fun times, some filler. They end up reaching the oasis, and Vivi remembers Rasa had previously been her friend, and the king had promised to help the oasis. And then when bad times started happening, it was abandoned by everyone except for Rasa, who waited behind and felt betrayed by Vivi. And so Vivi and Rasa return the wood and drop off the straw hats outside of another village. And we don't get, like, a super clear, like, oh, this is them making up. Because, I mean... Rasa calls out Vivi as kind of being like, you never came back. And Vivi's kind of like, yeah, there's a, there's a whole fucking country at stake. I'm sorry. And it, it, it is nice that they added in this filler episode as kind of a, hey, here's like another person who's been affected by what Crocodile was doing. Anything to add or... Well, uh, to be honest, I did like that there was an addition to another female character, as it seems that we were just kind of accumulating a lot of male characters um, mm -hmm. just piling up. So it's great to have that happen so it can uh, break up the uh, different things that I wouldn't say dick fest because I had canon some of them as trans men, but yeah, you know, in spirit dick fest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am interested in like who you have trans head cannons for. Um, if you don't mind sharing, you know what? Give me some time so I could be able to like write down a list because um, I have like um a big um you know what no let's get into it right now okay uh -huh. Uh -huh. all right so 
Um, I ship Nami and Sanji, but in a cuckolding relationship where Nami is actually like fucking Zoro and blue balling Sanji the whole time, but Sanji knows, but is kind of into it because Sanji's kind of into Zoro. Um, Luffy is um, trans ace, so like not involved in any of the shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usopp is um, thought to be dead, but is actually um, following the group just right behind them, becoming a lot much more stronger. Mm-hmm. And let's see. And I don't know where I had Vivi like put inside of like all of this. Fair. But uh, that is like basically just kind of like how I how I perceive the relationship dynamics, whether or not it comes into fruition or not. What about Chopper? Uh <laughs> Chopper watches. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean the Queer shipping of Zoro and Sanji has been popular forever. Luffy is pretty well regarded as being ace in ways that kind of get confirmed, because really he has no interest in sex at all. Um, an interesting thing that I noticed when I was rereading and watching everything is the anime has a lot more sapphic direction between Nami and Vivi than I think the manga does. And I don't know if it was just how I was reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. If you have your own shipping headcanons that are not full of spoilers, send them into the Twitter. Also, if you have any trans headcanons that I, that saying are canon or not canon, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, no, feel free to send stuff into the Twitter. I do love interacting with folks. So getting back to things, Ace ends up reaching a village where some hoodlums are pretending to be rebels in exchange for food. And he sees the straw hats outside the village, greets them with food and water, and gives them the rundown. Vivi wants to test the hoodlums to see if they actually will protect the town. The hoodlums hear the sand pirates are outside and plan to run away from the town. But when they leave the gates, the straw hats are there waiting for them. The villagers are cheering them on, and with their backs against the walls, the hoodlums refuse to back down. Vivi is satisfied, and the straw hats back off as the villagers cheer their heroes, which... This one feels a lot more fillery. Also, I don't think they actually use Camus's name anywhere beyond, like, the episode title. And even then, that's only the Japanese one. It is... It's really weird, um, just 
going through all of this and knowing that like this is has nothing that is substantial mm-hmm. and um I don't know like I guess it kind of like felt real like but it when you look at the map at the beginning of the episode and you see like the distance that's supposedly traveled, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, well, it took like from point A to point B, like one episode. And like, that's like so much distance, but it's so little distance going like the next leg. And you have like to go through like three episodes to get to that. It's all kabuki. Uh, so Vivi ends up explaining how she met Koza 11 years ago. Koza basically came in front of uh, Cobra the King and was like, hey, we need help. You're failing us. And his daughter to- and his father, Toto, came in to apologize for what Koza was saying. And Cobra's just like, no, you're you're right. Come live in Alubarna. And Koza initially refused the offer. Vivi got into a fight with him, and when Toto came to apologize for that, uh, Vivi fought Koza again, and she got to become the vice leader of Koza's gang, and Cobra's like, yeah, no, this makes sense. This is like a sign that our country is doing well. Some bandits tried to kidnap Vivi, but the San San clan, which is Koza's gang, fought to protect her. She didn't want to run away especially when they were willing to kill her friends. But she had to. She ran into the ruins. Koza worked on protecting her, got a scar on his face in the process. And then Chakra, Igaram, Cobra, and Pell showed up, and Vivi was just upset that her friends would die for her, which, big mood. Cobra ends up giving Toto the support to start a town at what would be the Yuba Oasis, and Koza ends up saying goodbye to his friend. And we find out that now Koza is the leader of the rebels, and Yuba is their base, which is why they're heading there. And it, it's nice getting some context for uh, Vivi's relationship. I was going to make a Toto. Africa, Toto, Alabasta joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in the time that I was waiting to tell the joke, the joke had gotten old. Fair. Fair. Uh, we then get another filler episode where a bounty hunter named Scorpion and his ostrich Popo have been waiting to catch Ace. They try a few times to uh, get him, but it just doesn't take. Meanwhile, Luffy finds some kids who are trying to steal his food. Their names are Chip and Dip. And it all turns out that Chip and Dip are Scorpion's kids. And Scorpion was kind of like, oh, yeah, I I had to give up on my dreams. I don't want my kids to give up on their dreams. They think that they're going to have to give up on their dreams. So I'll show them that you can follow their dreams. So he lied about having run into Blackbeard, which is why Ace was out in the desert in the first place. And they all kind of like go their separate ways. Ace is like, hey, yeah, I'm not bothered at all by this guy Scorpion. He can't do shit to me. And knowing that Blackbeard isn't an alabasta, he says goodbye and gives Luffy a mysterious scrap of paper. 
that he promises will reunite them when they are both top pirates, which is what happens in the manga, just without any of the desert travel. And it's, it's a weird episode just because of the names. Like Scorpion, Popo, Chip, and Dip. It really is. Um, also, like, the most baffling motive so far I've been able to jump on board like with a lot of backstory even the some filler backstory mm-hmm. I've been able just to be like okay that's the story 100% I'm with it whatever um this one though it was this one was just like there was some mental gymnastics that had to go on Janine you shouldn't make kids think that they can you shouldn't make kids think that they can never pursue their dreams and they have to give up everything. Like, there's a level of childhood innocence that is very important to maintain. And but I think the childhood innocence, I think, goes away when the children haven't eaten for 10 days because you abandoned them and they're trying to follow you for you to come home and take care of them. You know, the only parents. I mean, they could have eaten potatoes. And their farm was apparently unaffected by the drought, comparatively. I don't, I don't think that you could be able to leave kids alone for that long and then like go out to do something and then come back and be like, see, look at all of this time that I spent away from you following my dreams. It's possible. That's fine. Luffy ends up taking more mescaline and attacks Zoro again. Chopper goes to stop them, and, and they end up falling into a giant dome under the sand where they find a massive, mysterious, engraved stone. The rest of the group moves to the ruins that are on top of a hill. Vivi wonders what exactly she is working to save. Luffy rockets everybody out of the cave and ends up meeting them when the wind changes because Chopper can smell Nami and Vivi's perfume. This is another filler one, and it is one that is wild that it exists for stuff that won't make sense for like another 30 episodes or so. Beyond Luffy, Zoro, and Chopper just wouldn't comment on the massive mysterious stone that they find. It's a filler of a filler. Okay. I did mm-hmm. like that it did show, like, the dynamics of these characters that all haven't been able to, like, interact inside of their group. Mm-hmm. No. Chopper cares about people. Zoro wants to maintain some level of order, but has no sense of direction, and Luffy's just doing whatever Luffy does, which includes doing a bunch of mescaline. Okay. I I mean, I made sure that it's like, is Luffy doing mescal? And it's like, no, mescal is a liquor. Mescaline is the hallucinogen that turn, that is made into peyote. Which is honestly horrifying that he just keeps doing it. (laughs) 
Uh, so, meanwhile, at the Spider's Cafe, Miss Merry Christmas and Mr. Four show up, where Paula the bartender serves him as the other leaders show up. Mr. Two disperses his men while Mr. Three is watching everyone secretly. Uh, Mr. One appears uh, after everyone, and he knocked out Mr. Two's men, and they almost get into a fight, but Paula stops him and reveals that she is Miss Doublefinger. They head off on Banshee, the giant turtle in a cowboy hat, to head towards Rain Base, where they are going to finally meet their boss. Meanwhile, the Straw Hats reach Yuva, which is being hit with a sandstorm. They find a man digging for water, and when they reveal that they are looking for the rebel army, he gets angry, partially because they abandoned the town and moved to Kataria, Back in the direction that the pirates came from, and the man reveals that he is Toto, and he begs for Vivi to stop the rebels, and she promises to do her best. And it's it's like a good, quick return to Toto. Uh, Luffy tries to help Toto dig for water, falls asleep while doing it, and we we just get a nice moment of Luffy kind of being the kid who wants to help dig and does not understand how digging is supposed to work. The officer agents, meanwhile, make their way to Rain Dinners, the casino that is owned by Crocodile. There they meet Miss All Sunday, and they find out that their boss actually is Crocodile. He explains that he set up a rope works to attain military strength and to steal the country, and he gives everyone their final missions and orders. Mr. Three appears in the meeting to beg for forgiveness and to apologize, and he reveals that the Straw Hats and Princess Vivi are still alive and escaped him. And Crocodile's like, why were you so, why did you promise me they were dead? And he's like, I've never talked to you. And so that's when they start to put together what's been going on. And Mr. Two reveals that he met everybody on the crew except for Sanji and is able to get their pictures out. And he is also kind of like, there's this nice moment where Mr. Two just realizes that, oh, these new friends that he made are people who he is specifically supposed to kill and he's just kind of crestfallen by that uh so crocodile decides that he's still going to kill mr three because he failed his mission he dries him out and then feeds him to his banana gators and crocodile knows that he has to prevent me from meeting with koza no matter the cost and uh, we we get a lot of character for the baroque works members Which I think is interesting. Uh, I find myself both loving and hating Miss Merry Christmas. So I I will ask you what you think her powers are uh, when we get down to the characters section. Uh, the Straw Hats prepare to leave in the morning and Toto gives Luffy some of the water that he had worked to dig up and Luffy promises to drink it with care and then he immediately decides that he is going to quit because he wants Vivi to confront the fact that she wants nobody to die which Luffy knows is impossible and especially Vivi is only fine sacrificing herself and Luffy's like no we don't want you to do that especially if you think no one has to die it's a nice moment of kind of strengthening her resolve and understanding what she wants. 
And that's where we kind of end. For now, it's uh, some filler, some setup, and we have 19 characters to match Janine. Ouch. Excuse me. <laughs> some of which were supposed to be named last time. Uh, yes. Uh, up first, we have Chaka again. Uh, do you have any new ones for Chaka? I did not anticipate Chaka. Chaka wasn't on my copy. Chaka's at the top of the image. Did I not share the image gallery? Oh, no. I was trying to figure out where there was a numbering discrepancy. Uh, I had had the mayor of Edo on initially, but he does not have a name or a birthday, so I don't think we need to come up with a name for him. Ah. So sorry, that is a mistake that I no! made. Uh, so last time for Chaka, uh, you had suggested nobody because you wanted more of Chaka. Who doesn't want more of Chaka? I mean, we're going to get more of Chaka. It's just still going to be a bit. Um... I'll push for Eddie from Simpsons Bible Stories as my number two to go with Johansson. Hmm. Are you sure you wouldn't want to use the newly acquired Robert Frost? I did have uh, Robert Frost on my Rodrigo-style list. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? If you want to use, if you want to put down Robert Frost, I'm good to go with Robert Frost, Janine. Huh. All right. All right. So, our updated Chaka is Robert Frost. Uh, now getting into the actual ones that we care about. Uh, we have Sand Sand, or we have the Barbar Pirate Captain Barbarossa. And I have four different suggestions for Barbarossa. My Rodrigo style one is Wolfgang Puck because they just have similarly robust uh, physiques and also beards. Uh, other ones that I had include Mutant Horatio McAllister, aka the Sea Captain. Chet Simpson, the unsuccessful shrimp farmer, and the Los Souvenir Jaquitos leader. Janine, who do you have for Barbarossa? Fidel Castro. Interesting. Anyone else along with Fidel? I do not. I feel like Fidel we are going to potentially have more use for? I love now that I get to ask you, are we going to put Fidel Castro in the Uter pile? Fidel Castro is going to share in the public Uter pile that we have here. <laughs> Out of the ones that we have, just because I know we frequently are in need of chefs, 
so I don't necessarily want to toss Wolfgang Puck out. I feel like Chet Simpson, who is just a Simpsons man, would work well. No one remembers Chet. Like, Chet gets his name not even in the episode uh, Lisa the Simpson, but like in extraneous material. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bit sad. Mm-hmm. But then so again, like, I'm like really used to like having like the Scrooge McDuck like family tree print out things that they have in the books all the time, so. Oh, they have a few of those. Really? Uh-huh, for The Simpsons, and they've had actually retcon some of it. Really? Yeah. Especially when they did an episode somewhere where it's like, did you ever watch the Family Guy episode where Peter found out that he had a black ancestor? I think so. Yeah, they essentially did that again. But for The Simpsons. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would be even better as a premise. Yeah. I have not actually seen that one, so I can't fully judge it. Uh, do we just want to go with Chet? Yes. All right. Uh, we then have Rasa, who is Vivi's old friend. I do also like how the Sand Pirates have umbrellas over their heads. Who did you have for Rasa? It's Britney, bitch. I, I have Britney Spears. I just realized that we hadn't used her yet in anything. And I was just like, of all of the female characters that we have in this episode, I feel closer to give it to this one. Uh, let me see. Okay, yes. Like, the episode that she appears in was two years earlier in the timeline, so. Uh, that is a option that we have. Uh, I have four again. My Rodrigo-style one is Greta Wolfcastle, the daughter of Rainier Wolfcastle. Hmm. I also have Kim, who is Marge's high school friend, to kind of fit that idea of Marge being our VV and uh, friends who they used to know. Uh, I also had on Evelyn Peters, who is Marge's friend from, uh, who is Marge's sort of high, so- who is Marge's high society sort of friend from scenes from a class struggle in Springfield. And then I had Zelda, who is the old lady who Grandpa falls in love with. I. I think I just put that on as another Rodrigo style one. That makes sense. I feel like Greta or Kim. I think Kim would work. I do love the idea of having um, past March like really fit in with the VV story, so that um, Alabas is a mixture of Simpsons Bible stories and uh, flashbacks. Flashbacks. I can't wait. I know where we're going to be able to use the Larry Davis experience. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm good with Kim then. Uh, we then have Zaba, who is kind of just like 
the extra person who was given a name here, Lantern Jaw, visible six pack. He he fucks, um, <laughs> but also doesn't do much. Uh, I had three suggestions for him. I had the tram driver from the Canadian studio that they go to, uh, the hippie bus driver. Uh, that would be the one I brought up before who uh, frequently helps Mona Simpson get away or the one of the members of the Jaquitos who has a Taz on his jacket because Taz is tough. Janine, who do you have for Zaba? I have the Southern Sheriff from when mm-hmm. the Simpsons went to Florida that is voiced by Daedric Bader. My favorite Batman voice. My favorite Batman, I will say. I will go that far. Ooh. hmm Like, not only is he great in Brave and the Bold, but he's also great in Harley Quinn. Are you watching Harley Quinn? I'm not. What do you think about my choice, though? I think we're... He doesn't have anything to do with the law and you would want to hold on to this particular sheriff is it because he's voiced by daedric bader no it's more the law purposes okay uh we are semi-spoilers is going to get to a point where it's just like oh here's like 20 new marine characters who just appear in a background and all have names and specific powers. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh I feel like the tram driver, like Zaba looks cool. We will never think about Zaba again. That's very sad for Zaba because Zaba Bucks, you know, uh-huh. it's a good design to just like use for one off and throw away. Uh huh. He's just off fucking. <laughs> uh, so tram driver then? I suppose. Where I feel like we got to burn through some of these ones that don't matter because the the final four are going to be, uh very uh contentious probably uh next we have camus a guy who looks like if cloud strife from final fantasy 7 and crazy frog had a child sure wow that's very specific and weird but also like kind of fits the aesthetic set forth so yeah uh, I had four options once again. My Rodrigo style is Autumn Shank, the Indian answer to Brian Dennehy. Uh, and then Larry the Looter, Lee Carvalho, and Mr. O'Bannon. Uh, those other three are all video game characters just because he strikes me as a... This is someone's, like, they tried to design a video game character based off of having seen Cloud. Like, he just strikes me as very much JRPG before, like, Final Fantasy went high fashion. 
Who do you have for Camus? Jimmy the Snitch. Because you could just give that face the name Jimmy the Snitch just on its own. Just by that own merit. Mm-hmm. And it would just fit. If that person's a weasel. Up and down. I can see it. How do you feel about him compared to Larry the Looter? Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, you know what, Janine? What's that? You can't use Jimmy the Snitch. Why's that? He premieres in 2003. Oh my god, another one. Dabbed. I'm sorry that the future has not come soon enough. There's um, going to come a time that we're going to like reach an area where like we're not going to have that problem because all of our memory is going to be like already in past and the problem is is using the new ones of the episodes we haven't seen yet. We're also going to start getting to anthology episodes soon where it's just going to be easy because we'll have like two new parts a season at least. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Larry the Looter? Sure. All right. We then have dun 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 Toto. Who do you have for Toto? I have Old Gil. <sighs> Gil Gunderson. Yeah, because this guy is straight up pathetic. He is a guy who. Loves to bootlick. He is a guy who believes all the propaganda he sees. He is a guy who would have committed war crimes if uh, he was asked to. He is a guy who his son Koza would not allow him to use Facebook. He is a guy who his son Koza called the cable company and said you were specifically not allowed to put Fox News on. That's all Gil for you. Well, I had three. Uh, we My Rodrigo-style one was Robert Frost. We have used Robert Frost since. Uh, I also had Admiral Carstairs and also Bob Hope. Because you know what you know what Toto has, Janine? What's that? Hope. Bob Hope. We don't have Johnny Cash yet. We'll probably find some good time to use Space Coyote, but Toto, if one thing, is defined by his Bob Hope. I'm really going to push for old Gil on this one. Gil is a perpetual loser. So has Toto been. So, I mean, Toto, Toto's going to have some more shit thrown at him. Eventually, like years later, and this is not adapted into the manga as far as I'm aware of, 
he has a partial ownership stake in a spa where you have to travel hundreds of miles under the crust of the earth to reach it. If that is not a gill-ass job, I don't know what is. Okay, uh, if I told you my pick for gill is something that I've had since the, like, immediately after the concept of the show started, would that change things? Like, oh there is a... God. There is a guy who is a perpetual loser who is a incredibly divisive character. Like, so many people I know feel the same way as I do about Gil fucking Gunderson as they do about this character. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt yourself on the edge of an opinion you can't form yet because you don't know the material, but you know you're gonna have one? Mm-hmm. It's like a rainstorm, except with a hot take, I guess. <laughs> Janine, I, I try and bring surprises and magic into this world. Oh, uh, Admiral Carcer also works because he is old as hell and he gets, <laughs> uh, he gets made fun of by Larry Burns. I guess that's something. Also, he has a mustache. Okay, that that fits it a little better then. So Admiral Carstairs, go on with it. All right, uh, we then have Oswa, who is Toto's wife, and uh, yeah, she just invites everyone in for dinner. Like, is not even named in the manga. Like, Koza doesn't even say, hey, mom. Uh, my Rodrigo-style one was female curling host, and then my other one that I had was Zelda, the old lady who Grandpa falls in love with and who tries to use him for his car. Who do you have for Oswa? Agnes Flanders, Flanders' mom, who's a beatnik. Interesting. How how do you feel about Zelda or female curling host? I feel I feel like Zelda has more points that could be able to be matched with other characters that aren't this particular one. Mm-hmm. I do like hitting um, Flanders' mom for the matronly but otherwise ineffective parenting. Uh, female curling host has red hair and glasses and says things like, two Yankee doodles have turned this match into a dandy. Tempting as that is. Does Oswa speak to you as an ineffective beatnik? Uh, Oswa speaks to me as an ineffective parent. I feel like we may want to hold off on her just for 
Luke, you're One stonewalling me so fucking hard on this. Mm hmm Yeah, take a look at the past, like, hits, bro. That is a lot of Luke out there. Yeah, because I came correct. Oh my god. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to argue with me somebody who doesn't have a name and somebody else who's like obviously like a different vibe in the character. Mm -hmm. That's just a Rodrigo style. Oh yeah, female curling host is Rodrigo style. Like, I feel female curling host because of red hair, glasses, and gets one line. Agnes Flanders has been used in memes. Like, we've tried everything and we're... Whatever it is. We're all out of options. Or we've tried nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't get that from Agnes. Or I don't get that from Oswa. Like, Oswa is less of a character than that you you can't use meme status as something because people latch on to any meme look at the dud mm. you've seen the dud <laughs> the dud is great but the dud like we could not like save a character we i could not i would not let you like throw the dud inside of the Uter pile just on the grounds that the dud is the best Simpsons meme. Oh, I don't think the dud is the best Simpsons meme. Then you you didn't come correct, Luke. Janine, I see... Maybe go like, home and try again. I see like 20 new Simpsons memes every day. I I see too many Simpsons memes. I wasn't aware I was speaking to a connoisseur. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm convinced enough for Agnes Flanders to. I think I find your obsession with wanting to hold on to Agnes Flanders a little bit disturbing. Maybe we should take a look into that, or we can just, you know, just. Mark the name off so that we don't have to think about it too much. I mean, woman with glasses and a beret who's ineffective. What's not to like? I was trying to think of like if that like described literally anything else and like to see if Doug's like sister Judy. Sure, Judy Funny. You got it. <laughs> I mean, do we want to table this for now? So you can try and get some uh, points? Because I think there are some ones that uh, I am less dedicated to. Oh my god. <laughs> you're, dedicated to, you're dedicated to choices that came up on our Rodrigo style. I... Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's let's skip for now. All right. Uh, we then have Agatogi, 
the bandit who captures Vivi and gets beaten up by a bunch of kids. My Rodrigo style was Baron von Kisselot, and my other one was Sardonicus, a red-headed inmate. Janine, who you got? Herman Herman. There is a similarity in the facial expression, especially in early animated Herman Hermans. When looking at him from the front view. Which is rare for Simpsons, that it's mostly three-quarter profile. Mm-hmm. I had to check to make sure that we had not used Herman Herman yet. Because he's come up frequently, and the only result that I got was Fisherman. I I feel bad, because it's like, Herman Hermit is still a big name for this guy who, as far as I am, like 900 chapters later, uh, has not come up yet. I could always be wrong. Like, he could always show up as... Uh, Higuma the Mountain Bandit. But like, Herman Herman is a character who has figures. Who did you have then? Uh, Sardonicus? I will see if I can quickly get a photo. Simpsons wiki back again. Talking about that East Coast swing. Those two men going strong. Ah, yes, I have sent you a photo of, or a picture of Sardonicus. Uh, he was told to quit stabbing when he was painting. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Agatogi, he'd be fine continuing the stab. Are, are you good going with Sardonicus? Sure, yeah. Uh, we then have Okami, who is a young girl in the Rebels, but we also end up seeing her as an adult now. Because, like, all these kids here do start showing up. And if you do want to, like, put some of these on hold, I can also roll with that. Because we have Okami, Kidi, and Nato. Um, sure. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't able to think of anything in time. I gave myself a pretty short window so I could be able to like make sure that I have everything fresh that's usually how I do things but mm -hmm. I cut it close a little too this too much this time and the only suggestion I had was a three pack to get all three of them down in one take was the rapping rabbis but you know if we want to table them for a little bit later till we get a little bit more characterization on them we can save the rabbis for later yeah, yeah, I I think that's a good choice since, I mean, the rabbis are all dudes and one of them is, one of these is a girl, so. All right, well, I will save mine until then. 
So Okami, Kiwi, and Nato are all tabled. We then have Scorpion. Uh, I have three suggestions for the Scorpion. Rodrigo Sile is Buck McCoy, the washed-up cowboy. I also have Bruno Dundridge, the Australian who uh, ends up getting the massive phone bill. And there's also Gus, the farmer-slash-parliament member who Bruno Dundridge goes to when uh, he gets the aforementioned bill. Who do you have for Scorpion? Troy Aikman. My brain is like, that's a football man, right? Yes. yes. Excellent. I was just double checking because I know some of the sports people arrive later. Uh, do you feel that uh, Troy Aikman is better than the three options that I have? I do. All right. I will give you Troy Aikman as Scorpion. Keep it nice and simple. Uh, we then have Popo, Scorpion's Ostrich. Who do you have for Popo, Scorpion's Ostrich? I don't know if we used her yet, but uh, Queenie, the chicken that replaces Homer. Uh, I do not believe we have. Uh, so I have three again. My Rodrigo style is Frank the Wonder Horse. Uh, I also have Big Bird and also Stampy's Bird. I'm going to look up Queenie and see. Uh, ah, so there are apparently three different Queenies in The Simpsons. Really? Yes. I wonder if that was just like a thing that they had, like an inside joke for the animators. Uh, one of them is a horse, and one of them is uh, one of Santa's little helpers, puppies. So I think it's just a generic animal name. Um... Yeah, I'm good going with Queenie if you are. Sure, yeah, definitely. All right, we then have Chip and Dip. I mean, it seems kind of obvious what I'm going to suggest. Uh-huh. I mean, little boys with names that rhyme. Rod and Todd? Yeah. There. Uh, so I have three sets of options again. My Rodrigo style is there were two bullies in the film Undercover Nerd who try and pick on Rainier Wolfcastle's character and then he ends up, I believe, sticking one through the other. Uh, so I have Undercover Nerd bullies one and two. I also have Barton Hugo as just a throwaway pitch. Uh, but then I also have Sherry and Terry from Simpsons Battle Stories, because I, I looked at every uh, stop frame, and there are no Rod and Todd in that one. 
But I'm... Rod and Todd are not inside of Simpsons Bible stories. Uh, at least in the Moses one. Huh. Okay. I'd, I'd say go with Sherry and Terry from Simpsons Bible Stories since you still get the rhyming. Even though they're twins, it, it's fine. I mean, Rod and Todd are Uterphile, unless we find like a good variant of them that we can use. I just don't think that there's going to be like anything for Rod and Todd. Like, I understand, the... I understand that they're memeable, I understand that they're, like, pretty, like, secondary characters, not even tertiary characters. Like, I just think they're just kind of a curse, because I don't think that there's ever going to be a kid that's both good enough and important enough to get a Rod or Todd. And I feel like that these good children are albatrosses on our necks that just need to be thrown at the first pair of adorable children that we can so we could be done with them. Janine, 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 Janine. I'm begging you to save Rodna, Janine. Like, were you expecting that there would be something to throw Queenie the chicken at before this episode? As much as I can be able to say no on that one, I also know that, like, children have their limitations. And when two boys that have names that rhyme show up on your doorstep, mm -hmm. you don't tell them to wait for another Simpsons Bible story so we might be able to get the right pairing. Especially if we know that there's going to be more alternates that we could be able to use. Yeah, and we can That are going to be them. coming in the future. But I feel like our pure, uncut Rod... Well, no, I, I guess they both would have been circumcised. But our, like... Er forms of Rod and Todd, the Rod and Todd from which all others spring from, the ones whom even the writers have been inconsistent about which one is older and which is which. I feel like we need to preserve that goodness. Especially not using them on filler characters. The Simpsons is nothing but filler. The fact that anything shows up again is a miracle. <laughs> oh, have you heard about the reveal from the most recent episode? What's that? Oh, uh, that Martin Prince is actually like a 40-year-old undercover cop with like three kids and a wife. They did an episode where hackers went in and stole clips from all of the worst potential Simpsons ideas that they had. Wow. It's it's very good. Uh, 
Like, it is the best episode in the season, though so far the season's been eh. Anna Ferris shows up in it. Oh. Mm-hmm. As herself or like as another character? She is one of the hackers. Okay. And it's great to see her getting work. Especially because she actually does a good job voice acting. No. Oh. Um, so, uh, we were just about to agree on Rod and Todd. <laughs> no, we are not agreeing on Rod and Todd. Oh. If you want to use these children as a bargaining chip to get Agnes Flanders in, and then I'll just put Sherry and Terry from Simpsons Battle Stories in here, we can hit Technically, three birds with one stone. Sure. I am willing to let Agnes Flanders go to protect Rod and Todd. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we have Miss Doublefinger, a.k.a. Paula. From Spider's Cafe, and I do love the name Spider's Cafe because it just makes me think of the good bit from uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Where there's uh, Spider's, which is the name of a club, but then there's an apostrophe between the R and the S. And it's just like, why is it called that? And it, I think, turns out to be there's two brothers who own it with the last name Spider. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, oh yeah, Miss Doublefinger is one that we uh, went and took suggestions for on the old Twitter. So, let's pick up that phone. All right. So. Uh, Janine, beyond you putting in a retweet that is unfit for a Christian manga or a Christian anime podcast, uh, we had two suggestions come in this week because Miss Doublefinger is a hard one to, uh, pick for. Uh, Sandro said Selma. And uh, Olin said Ginger Flanders, which I I actually kind of like Ginger Flanders uh, Ginger Flanders as an idea. So shout out Olin. Your name can you also say shout out Olin? Shout out Olin. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh so who do you have for Miss Doublefinger? Let's see here. I have Judge Constance Harm. Also, what do you think Miss Doublefinger's power is? I want to say, let's see, if it has some do something. Actually, I can't even think about that, like if it's going to be like related to like the day because it's one one 
April. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, January 1st. I know when the calendar starts. Um, I'm going to say... Wow, that's really tough. I, Huh. Because I don't know what Mr. One's powers are, so I can't think of anything that would be complementary to anything. But then again, um, stuff kind of varies, like, the higher the number gets, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Mr. Three and Golden Week only kind of sort of work together. Yeah. They're team arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Um... Is it? Hmm. I was gonna ask if it was like. Hmm. Oh, just is it? Go. Is it okay? Uh, is it self-duplication? No, it is not. Okay. It's. It, it's going to be a weird one and a horny one. Oh, okay. Uh, so the four ones that I had, starting with my Rodrigo style, which was Miss Van Hookstraten was Femme Fatale, played by a canonical trans actress in The Simpsons, uh, Phillips, who was one of uh, Marge's inmates who used a Phillips-head screwdriver, and Peggy Bundy just... I was trying to figure out weird couples, and that one spoke to me. I'd say either Femme Fatale or Phillips for... Uh, ones that I kind of push for. Femme Fatale has more of the vibe than I think Phillips does. I do like Phillips more, though. Um, let me Google Phillips again. Let me update my Simpsons Phillips fanfic uh, DeviantArt page again. I mean, Phillips is definitely a lot more uh, muscular in a way that I don't think uh, Miss Doublefinger is, generally. And also, Femme Fatale did pretend to be uh, a just plain employee before it was revealed that she was a Femme Fatale. I think I'm going to defer to your judgment on this one i still don't know a lot about the character to really get a positive mm-hmm. vibe on oh her. oh we also have ginger flanders so let me that's right ginger flanders you know that's not a bad idea either yeah you know what olin gets the first spot uh with ginger flanders twitter you are on the board now yes Olin specifically, because you have now popped some of our guests in terms of number of ones who they have gotten on the board. So thank you for playing at home. Also, thank you to everyone who voted in the poll. Uh, Up next, we have Miss Merry Christmas, or Miss Merry Christmas, who is a very short woman who is very impatient. I have three suggestions. My Rodrigo-style one was Charo. I also had Lucille Botskowski and Eleanor Abernathy. What about you, Janine? 
it's very funny you mentioned Lucille because my my uh, pick is actually from the same episode, but it is actually the um, uh, rubber baby buggy bumpers um, babysitting lady who answers the phone. Um, the specific just vibe and not wanting to deal with bullshit when it's mentioned that Bart Simpson is uh, one of the ones to be. And I believe she is voiced by June Foray. Famously, the voice of Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Amazing. That's mm-hmm. who you want as your Miss Merry Christmas. Does, though, it not fascinate you that I'm willing to use Lucille Botskowski? Oh, also, what do you think Miss Merry Christmas's powers are? You see, it's very hard because I want to think that it's related something to Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's going to be something that's going to be like completely different. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to play it safe and just say ice powers, maybe? Who knows? That is an interesting guess uh, to whet your appetite on the four kids dub, she becomes Miss Groundhog Day. Because apparently calling her Miss Merry Christmas is too much. You can't bring religion into anime. Um, I feel confident in Lucille Botskowski. You feel confident in that? Mm-hmm. The babysitter bandit? Yeah, the babysitter bandit. Mm. She is very dangerous. Also has a similarly short temper. But do people always do what she says? Yes, actually. Uh, Her whole plan involves people listening to her. We are going to see that in two of our episodes. I am so excited for that. That's a lot of trust in that because I really, I really like everybody shares that same piece of fluid animation that they just don't do in The Simpsons no more. Oh, Lucille Botskowski and uh, Miss Merry Christmas don't have very supportive bras. They just got saggy older woman tits. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go with the decision for now, but after powers are revealed, I want the power to be able to contest it if I don't if I feel like I have a better pick or if the pick is not good. I think the court will allow it specifically for Miss Merry Christmas, so I'll put a asterisk next to Lucille Botskowski's name. This is also going to be very fun because this is going to set precedent for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, then we have Mr. Four. 
Who do you have for Mr. Four? You know I'm going to try to get rid of Uter Zorker. <laughs> There's just too many similarities going on right there with that guy. That's just... It's hard to not look at and see Uter. I, 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 I can see it. What do you think Mr. Four's power is? Huh. I think it's going to be something that's like definitely going to be like somebody's fetish. So I'm going to say inflation. <laughs> uh, we will see that. Uh, I have uh, three suggestions for him. My Rodrigo style one is Melvin Eugene Punemeyer, who is the nerd that Rainier Wolf Castle plays. I also have Bernie, who is one of the two bee watchers who are left with Homer in the basement to watch the bee. And then I also have Mike Sosha. Okay. Which is in some ways the most fitting one because uh, while I think I know they definitely say in the four kids dub. Uh, Mr. Four actually does not have any devil fruit. Ah. Mm-hmm. So, like, in that picture that I have of him, what does it look like is on his back? That's a good question. I don't know if you sent the... Oh, damn, did I... Ah, you I... did. Hang okay. On. I just haven't opened it yet. Is that a drill? Uh, it is a bat. Okay. Because what has a bat in four of something? What? Bessabal! Okay. I don't know why I'm surprised baseball is a thing that exists inside of this universe that where a lot of other stuff basically still does too. Yeah, weirdly I did not go and take the time to find out who in that episode was uh, a batter in a uh... You know who we could put on who would fit as a baseball batter? Who's that? Ken Griffey. Oh, wait, no. Ken Griffey was also a outfielder. Wait. I obviously don't understand baseball because sometimes the outfielders also have to be the batters. Janine, I think the edible is hit. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so I go back to Mike Sosha as my big one that I'm pushing for. Okay. Are you good with Mike Sosha? Yeah, I wasn't very um, married to the idea of Uter Zorker. While 
it did seem obvious to me. I was like, there's going to be, there's going to be something. Mm -hmm. And up last, uh, we have Mr. One. And Janine, who do you, oh, wait, no, I went, you went first last time. Uh, so Janine, I have for my Rodrigo style one was St. John Van Hookstraden, who runs the Canadian private school. There's also Jack Crowley, Leopold, and Al Bundy. Who do you have for Mr. One? I have McBain. I think I was just really motivated by how he showed up inside of Spider's Cafe. Mm -hmm. That kind of entrance definitely felt out of a McBain movie. So... Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think his power is? I want to say that he gets a lot of muscles and he gets super strong. Interesting. That is not what it is, but uh, it's we we we. I am very excited for two episodes when you get to see fights, fights, fights. Um, yeah. I'm I'm good to go with McBain, honestly. Like I know that might be a bit of a surprise. It is, but I think that you also might be motivated knowing that Mc, um, Rainier Wolf Castle has filmed under other names, and McBain is just one of many. Mm -hmm. I, I think he has a very direct energy, though, Mr. One, and he is the only one of these characters who, in the anime, we will see coming back. Ah, after this arc, after this arc, so. All right, uh, so to go over who we have again, uh, our revised Chaka is Robert Frost. Our Barbarossa is Chet Simpson. Our Raza is Kim. Our Zaba is Tram Driver. Our Camus is Larry the Looter. Our Toto is Admiral Carstairs. Our Aswa is Agnes Flanders. Our Agatogi is Sardonicus. We have tabled Akame, Kibi, and Nato. Our scorpion is Troy Aikman. Our Popo is Queenie the Chicken. Our Chip and Dip are Sherry and Terry from Simpsons Bible Stories. Our Miss Doublefinger is Ginger Flanders. Our Miss Merry Christmas with an asterisk is Lucille Botskowski. Our Mr. Ford is Mike Sosha. And our Mr. One is McBain. Janine. Yes. Where can you be found online? Oh, you could be able to find me online on Twitter at Janine Juliet. And you could also find my voice and various Luke Hare podcast productions. You can find out more about those productions at LukeHare.com, L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R, -E 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 or just follow me on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L. P-R-E-G, I just recently wrapped up my Magic the Gathering Ravnica-inspired D&D miniseries, 
as part of Established Property Playhouse, which you can find at establishedpropertyplayhouse.com or on any of the other servers. You are listening and have been listening to Domance Dawn, our alternating weekly One Piece podcast. Uh, something that I think I'd mentioned that I didn't really follow up on is uh, there's One Piece movies. If you would be interested in seeing us cover these movies, which would also be a good way to get more guests on the show, uh, let us know on the Twitter like when you hear this part, if you would like us to cover some of the movies, some of them it will be harder to because they didn't get official U.S. releases. But uh, I think it would be fun, and like I said, we'd be able to get some more guests on to the show, especially when we get to much longer arcs. Uh, Domance Dawn can be found at Domance Dawn, and we should be on all major podcatchers. If you are listening to the podcast on something other than a podcatcher or what have you. Uh, I don't really know what you're doing. I don't know how I got here. Um, yeah, let us know. Leave reviews. Please, please, please tell your friends. And I think that's about it. Oh, uh, shout out to Mike, the new cover artist who has been blowing it away. Uh, like... I really enjoy Mike's covers. They have a high uh, uh, they have a very different but very cool uh, cover style. Uh, you can find Mike P at Patent Pending. That's P-A-T-T-N-P-E-N-D-I-N-G. And uh, that wraps it up. I mentioned the Twitter. I mentioned leaving reviews. Uh, I mentioned the website, uh, which is our Tumblr. Please retumble stuff. Get back onto Tumblr in case Twitter shuts down. Um, yeah, that wraps it up. Janine, anything else you have to add before I say goodbye and give our preview of the next episode? Oh, yeah. Uh, if anybody's listening, if you have any particular headcanons, um, you know, about these characters that are not spoilery, that don't go past uh, what, what we've discussed so far. Mm-hmm. Um, please send that to us. And um, it's a good celebration for us now. We made it through watching, or at least I know I've made it through watching 100 episodes of an anime I haven't watched before. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Janine. You have made a significant dedication of time on watching this show yeah that's 10 percent of what it currently exists mm-hmm. yeah current one piece is wild it's just like oh there is a ginger there's a gender changing disease okay okay one piece yeah Anyway, next time the gang goes to the casino and Luffy fucking dies. We'll see you then, mateys. But Mary gets to live. (laughs) Always. (laughs) 